Welcome to Dog TD, episode 86. On today's show, Simone contends with an Indian call center. Both ladies bitch about Easter. And Stephanie tells a horror story about a very unfortunate dong. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, dong? I'm Dong very well. How are you, Dong Simone? I'm Dong okay. I just booked flights to uh, Australia to visit in November, and I'm very excited. Yay! Um, But I called the the airline to book it. Well, I had questions, because now we have to travel with an infant for the first time. So it's going to be a harrowing, you know, 15-hour flight with this infant. But um, anyway, so I was calling to see if we could get the bassinet seats, because they have those bassinet seats, you know. Um, So I was just calling to find out which rows are the bassinet net rows you know when i when i book um and it just took so long because i was talking to this indian call center guy and oh it's just when you talk to the the, i'm I'm not i have no problem with the indian call center but when you're asking like tricky questions and they just start spouting out words that relate to bookings just like to sound like it kind of sounds like they get what you're saying but the, the way the sentence is constructed you're kind of not sure that they really get it so you know it's kind of a well I I can't even you can't even quite uh, I can't even quite repeat it but it's they'll just sort of say something like you know so uh, yes so everything is uh good with uh, your reservation they just say weird things <laughs> just things that you where you don't speak you know what i mean and just throw in the oh, word reservation no. and things and you know well i called and asked where, where the seats are it was taking so long it was going to be 90 dollars more per ticket for them to do it over the phone i'm like i can just do it online and save 180 dollars. so thank you for telling me where the seats are <laughs> yeah, so i seriously. just booked it online but then i wanted to make sure that Okay, a call back and say, okay, we have a baby. Which are these definitely the bassinet seats? Like now that we've made the booking, so I say, oh, we're calling. To, I'm just, I just made a booking. I just want to check that we booked the right seat, so we have the bassinet. And he's like, okay. And uh, from where are you traveling? And I'm like, uh, LAX to Melbourne. And he's like, okay. And like, it, you, I can tell he's starting a new booking because if you have my reservation number, you don't have to ask me that, oh, you know. No. So I said, I have a reservation number. Oh, oh, okay, I see, I see. It's like, I just said a very basic sentence that I'm checking on an existing booking. And, you know, you already start off on that foot. So it's like, and so he's like, okay, and then I give it to him. He's like, and and what was your question? Like, he doesn't even understand that I'm trying to check about the bassinet part. So I was just like, ah! So it just didn't fill me with confidence. But anyway, I just got another confirmation after I got off the phone with him uh, saying that uh, it's like my name, Greg's name, and then baby, baby. (laughs) Because the baby's not born yet. So (laughs) it just says baby, baby. Oh, (laughs) like the Amy Grant song from 1991. I know. It's been in my head uh, ever since uh, I got the confirmation email. Oh, no. Baby, baby, I'm taken with the notion. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So there's a ticket for me, Greg, and baby, baby. So. 
That reminds me of a hellish performance because I used to be in Girl Guides, which is Girl Scouts in America. But um, we had to do some sort of performance one night and these girls decided to do Baby Baby. So they each had like a Cabbage Patch doll, which they were swinging and, you know, sort of playing with. But that was the whole act. And it was like when you do karaoke and you do Ghostbusters or something and you don't realize how many times they say, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters! Who are you going to call? Oh. Ghostbusters! It just goes on and on and on. So these girls were just standing there for like five <laughs> fucking minutes just swinging these Cabbage Patch dolls around while Baby Baby played. It was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I was like 14. Ah, so it's like way too old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was doing, I was That's watching awesome. and hating every second of it. So, yeah. Anyway, now just before uh, we started recording, so that's what happened to me just before I nearly had to bump the, the recording time. But just before uh, uh, <laughs> recording, you uh, were amused by something? And, I, was uh, am- <laughs> I was amusing myself because I was eating pirate booty. I, was, I had, uh, you do know what this is, that Trader Joe's stuff. It's like crack. It's like oh, eating the popcorn that has the cheese dust at the bottom. So that's my favorite part. Like, um, so I was getting at that and and David's like, you know, telling me, okay, I'm going to close the door. And I was like, hey, Davey, do you think that they have big vats of this stuff at the Trader Joe factory? And I'm like, I'm trying to pull up a big handful of the cheese dust, you know, at the bottom. He's like, probably, because it's yeah. at the factory. I'm like, I'm like, hey, Davey, watch this. And I, I tried to like dump it all in my mouth while holding the bag under my chin. I go, mmm. <laughs> I was like, that's being as disgusting as possible. He's like, oh my God, why am I married to you? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. And he's like, what? And he looks back and I go, mm, again. And I like, <laughs> like, like a shovel load, like a forklift or whatever, backhoe those things are. Loaded in my mouth, like swinging my arm around like a crane. Anyway, the moral of the story is I was really entertaining myself. <laughs> grossing David out. <sighs> I love doing things that make them question their marriages to us. Yes. (laughs) He's like, I did not sign up for this. (laughs) I would never have done that when we were dating or engaged. Like, never. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Very nice. So you have on the document, you went to a spa day. Yes, so uh, so our friend Tommy, who is also pregnant, um, uh, yeah, she uh, took me to a spa because uh, we thought she thought we needed a pregnant lady treat. So Aww. we had uh, we had like like these like lukewarm because you can't get in hot water when you're pregnant. So these like lukewarm baths, yeah. and then we had like pregnancy massages where you have to be on your side because you can't lie in your belly, obviously. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, so it was like an eighty-minute massage. I've never had an eighty-minute massage in my life, but Me yeah, either. but it was real great. Yeah, were you guys side by side? Sh- <laughs> no, no, we were in separate like rooms. a couples massage. To, okay, a couples massage. I hate couples massage. It's just I like know. just such it sounds like such contrived sensuality. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it totally isn't. We're both we're both like opposite. naked in the same room together with two with people two other strangers. <laughs> How sensual. Fuck! I don't, oh. I, I don't understand. If anyone would like to anonymously explain the benefits of a couple's massage, uh, like, do they like? Can you like give them a wink and have sex in the room? Like, what? What's the point? I don't understand it. Uh, <laughs> that is so. It's so opposite 
of, <laughs> I don't even want to say the word sensual, but oh, that's another gross word. I love word, saying like the moist. word sensual. Oh, oh I know. I, so I, I, I always it. say so it with a tone of mockery. <laughs> sensual. It's very sensual. <laughs> I hope that that's obvious that every time I use the word sensual, I'm being oh, yes. completely sarcastic. Oh, good. <laughs> It's very clear to me. I'm not brave enough to own it. Like, and have anyone think that I meant it. Seriously. It's very sensual. So, yeah. So, anyways, we did that. And then we had, um, and uh, we went to a tea room and had tea and, you know, cakes and scones, as we say in Australia. Scones. Scones, as you say uh, here. And, uh, yeah, and sandwiches, you know, that whole thing. And, yeah, so it was just a really great day. And I and I made a rule. I was like, we're not talking about any house cleaning or any chores that need to be done today. Like, when I came home, I just wanted to just keep chilling. And we did. So I did. So it was good. So, good. so that was nice. A nice pregnant lady treat. But it's just funny how it's so easy to just slip into, like, doing chore things, you know? Like, I had to t- decide I wouldn't do let anything like that come into into play and had to make a point and state it that we weren't talking about anything like that yeah that's so, awesome <laughs> yeah because just even talking about it, even if he's like yeah i'll do that tomorrow it's like i don't even want to think about it let's just not you know oh that's so nice yeah um so that was my my great spa day um now uh easter's coming up this weekend and yes. um, listener Nadine um, sent us uh, a little recipe for Easter. Uh, she sent to both of us. Did you read the? Did you get a chance to check it out? I'm hoping. I don't you think did, I did. I can, I can treat you with it now. Okay, um, okay. So thank you, Nadine, for this. This is just. I was just like. I thought it was something. Like it seemed like a like just a, a satirical thing, but it's real. So. <laughs> This is a recipe uh, for resurrection rolls. <laughs> oh, 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 I feel like I've heard of these before. Oh, what God. do they do? Oh. I know okay. the name. Resurrection rolls are the perfect treat to make with your little ones to share the meaning of Easter. Oh, hell. One can of crescent roll dough, eight large marshmallows, uh, or one for each roll you'll be making, melted butter, and cinnamon sugar. Read John 19 while the oven is preheating to 350. <laughs> Okay. Oh my. I guess so. So, and 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 uh, John nineteen. Uh, do you remember what that is? No, I have no idea. <laughs> that's what. That's what Jesus is being um, uh, sentenced to be crucified. Okay. Um, I looked it up. Um, anyway, so then while while the oven is preheating and you're reading John nineteen, you then unroll roll the crescent rolls and place on a rimmed baking sheet lined with parchment paper. <laughs> Explain that this is like the cloth they wrapped Jesus in. No, no. Okay, and there's a picture of the kids holding, like getting prepared for the baking. So I'll post a link to this. You can see all the, all the, all the pictures as we go. Give your child a marshmallow and explain that it represents Jesus, all white and pure, because he is without sin. Yeah, except it's made out of horse hooves. <laughs> I know exactly. You have to explain that Jesus was made of horse hooves, dead circus animals, and euthanized pets as well. If you're using a marshmallow, but anyway. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> because of the gelatin in case anyone's confused by that um roll the marshmallow in melted butter this symbolizes the embalming oils roll the marshmallow in the cinnamon sugar this is like the spices used to prepare his body for burial wrap the marshmallow in crescent roll cloth pinching the dough together securely this represents how they wrap jesus body 
put the rolls in the oven, symbolizing the tomb, and bake for 12 minutes. <laughs> I think you... Symbolizing the tomb. I think you should bake it for three days. Come on. Or a cremation oven. <laughs> <laughs> okay. While the rolls are baking, bake read John... <laughs> Read John 20, uh, 1 to 18. Oh, no. And that is, uh, that is the passage about uh, the tomb is empty. So that's the part where you get to the tomb being empty. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, and... <laughs> okay. Open the tomb, I guess that's the oven, and remove the rolls. When they're cool enough to handle, break one open and discover what happened to the marshmallow. Jesus is risen! Happy Easter! When you open it up, the marshmallow has disappeared! It's just so, such a weird thing to be teaching small children because crucifixion yeah. was such a brutal thing. Like the. Um, the cross was like an obscene thing to even look at <laughs> yeah. it was, and it like so i guess it's been totally sanitized in western culture and this is something that you're like oh hey let's wear this ancient murder weapon around our necks and um yes it's yes. just it's just creepy and the fact that the you know the passion of the christ that mel gibson movie i've never seen it <clears throat> and i don't want oh, to really because it's i mean R roger ebert i wrote a stuff Christian Culture Likes post about it, but Roger Ebert said it was the most violent film he's ever seen in his life. And this is wow. like... Yeah, I know. And this is the only R-rated movie that Christian Culture will endorse, and they let small children see it. That's so that really up. upsets me. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just a strange thing to be <laughs> cramming the resurrection down kids' throats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. There's no marshmallows <laughs> and cinnamon sugar in The Passion of the Christ. Oh, sure wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, thank you, uh, thank you, Nadine, for that fabulous, oh, fabulous Nadine. recipe. <laughs> Nadine's the best. She started this she Tumblr is. called WTFChristians.tumblr, and she, it's so funny. It's you know basically like shut the fuck up, parents. You know that Tumblr. So yes. it's it's like this about Christians. So um, you guys should look at that if you're bored. But every um, Easter Sunday, I get texts from um, just numbers. Like, I've, it's people whose names I've deleted out of my address book because I don't really talk to them very much. And so I get right. all of these. I, I probably get, like, four or five texts at least every Sunday morning that say, He is risen. And so <gasps> I know. And Stop I always it. write back. I always write back, Who is risen? <laughs> and then I crack myself up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And and Gosh. we're going to observe Easter and what our the church we go to right now like what they do on Easter morning is like we go down to the beach at 7 a.m. so early right on Sunday morning but we yep. have burial spices and you know like the same things that they like gave you know like burial spices when Jesus was buried and so we kind of throw those in the water and have like a little you know, memorial thing about it. And then we go back and eat like this giant breakfast and pancakes and stuff. So like yeah. we, we observe it, but it's, you know, I, I want to emphasize to my kids, like, this is, this is a freaky story, you know, like, can you believe that I, someone came back from the dead? Like, that's a big deal yeah. that people believe this. Like, I don't want you to just, you know, accept this as blind truth. So right, right. that's kind of, that's a great way to approach doing. it. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of special and kind of neat, and it's a historical story, but I want them to be able to have the critical thinking capacity, too. So Definitely, definitely. Because I look back and I resent, I mean, I'm not mad at anybody, but I kind of, I resent that that was just told to me like it was fact. 
and I just accepted mm-hmm. that. Whereas yeah. it's, it's, instead of saying, this is a really insane thing that, that happened, you know, and nobody told me to challenge that at all. I just had to get to that later, you know? Yeah. It was just like, yeah, nobody, nobody sort of, and I'm not, I don't think the people doing it had like, oh, we can't tell her to think like this. They, I don't think anyone was thinking like that, but I just kind of, right. damn, I can't believe that it was given to me like that, you know? I know. It was given to most yeah. of us like that. Well, we grew up yeah. in Western culture, you I guess. Question it you just accept that mm. of course this happened what so um cool well on the subject of baking and uh, uh, uh <laughs> and this will seg into into what you already had on the list but nadine also in her email um uh she had a cake so uh cake is a cake is misplaced logic where well, you momentarily think something that makes sense in a way but then it really is completely stupid so she was at a restaurant and they had those little led candles on the table oh yeah and she had obse- she had observed this she knew that it was an led candle and then when they brought the menu she quickly pushed it out of the way because she thought it was going to catch the menu on fire <laughs> oh that's so awesome she's like i think i had a cake is this a cake and i was like it is it's a physical cake because you like made an action upon it <laughs> like, yeah it was yeah she was very much into it she was invested yes. well i kind of had a cake like that where um and i'm sure that most people have done this by now but i was reading an actual book like a paper book with pages and I had I kept having the thought I need to touch the the page so that it won't go blank <laughs> oh <laughs> like it was my phone or an iPad or something yes 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 no <laughs> that's a total like cake I, my similar one to that is that when I'm reading an actual book and a word comes up that I don't know I keep wanting to touch the page to get the dictionary definition to pop up like it does on my Kindle and I'm like uh, at least I haven't actually reached and done it but I I've thought it many times like oh, oh that's funny no, no yeah so I really want to do it so yeah it's such a convenient thing I always remember that movie with um Uma Thurman and um uh, Janine Garofalo, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, and oh, she's yeah. like, I'm reading, I'm reading two books at the moment, and I forget what the main book she's reading, but the other book is the dictionary because she can't understand most of what's oh, right. in the in the main book she's reading. So she has. She the was, dictionary do you remember? That? I was thinking of that movie the other day and um, how terrible really? it was, but I was like so obsessed yeah, with it when it came out because I just I liked Janine Garofalo and I liked Uma Thurman, and I was I overlooked. I saw it like twice in the theater and a million times on on video. <laughs> Because I was willing to overlook it because I liked Uma Thurman yeah. so much after Pulp Fiction <clears throat> and yeah, then yeah. Janine because she's just awesome. But Yeah, it's just like a stupid rom-com, but it was entertaining as I remember. I think it made me sad. I think because I felt like the Janine Garofalo ugly duckling. So I was just like... Mm. I know, and she wasn't even <laughs> ugly. Like she, The whole no. point was that she was ugly. And, I'm, and I think all the critics and reviews or whatever were saying that. They're like, this is an implausible movie because it's not like she's unattractive at all. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, I guess. So... <laughs> Um, Now, you have an Amazon review to read, I understand. I do. This is from listener Caitlin in Australia. And um, she sent me to this Amazon review for a Best of David Hasselhoff CD. (laughs) Wow. And here's how the first review that comes up, this is how it goes. I now own three Best of David Hasselhoff CDs. (laughs) 
I also own a table, a chair, a tea set left to me by my gran, a curtain, three pair of underpants, a small fridge that does not seem to work, a black and white television, a bicycle pump, a shirt, two pairs of gray trousers, a tin of sweet corn, and a hedgehog-shaped shoe scraper. I own a knife, a fork, and a coffee cup, a tie, black, a pair of odd socks, a pair of match socks, one cassette of calming sounds designed to help me stop smoking, I have never smoked, a newspaper from June 1987, a carrier bag from the co-op, a plastic wallet in which I keep my bus pass and any money I ever obtain through whatever means, usually favors to desperate men, a towel, a bar of imperial leather dating from 1996, and a pair of brown shoes. I think when I get a CD player, I will like this album most of all my possessions because because the reviews of it are so good. <laughs> if I have any more possessions, I will try to let you know. I expect the song Hot Shot City is particularly good. Five stars. <laughs> so that's like an example of someone leaving a review of something that they didn't even use yet. <laughs> yes! What a great review. That person is hilarious. Then, um, she told me to look at the second review. And um, it goes like this. There's little doubt now that David Hustleshaft, (laughs) which is what they wrote, (laughs) is a major force in the music business these days. I've already been a fan for many years, but an amazing thing happened recently, which I have to share. The doctor said my dog Cherish only had days to live. Desperate for any sign of recovery, I played the CD in the garage for him 24-7, and not only did my dog die, but so did my two cats and all of my plants. My neighbor came down with a rare form of stomach virus, the one that causes massive cramping and explosive diarrhea. Boy, did I prove that doctor wrong. The song Hot Shot City is particularly good. (laughs) Now I want to hear this Hot Shot City song. Seriously. Let's see if I can find it. Maybe it's playing right now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So you're reading Greg Sestero's book from The Room... He played Mark yes. in the room. Yes, and how is that I've going? already finished it. Oh my god, ah. I finished the book. So, yeah. So, listener, uh, we've talked about the room many times. It's part of your Dongtini homework to find the room. The entire thing is on uh, YouTube, but I recommend watching it on DVD and uh, at least twice is uh, the recommended viewing. <laughs> and uh, and also the reason in the theater, is because the first time you cannot get it the first time. Is what Tom Wizard, get the director, the said. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many issues. Um, so, The Room is the best, worst movie ever. And um, Greg Sestero, um, he plays Mark, the one of the main characters in the movie. And uh, he has been writing a book um, with another, with a co-author. And the book is not out till October 1st, but I can't say where I got it. But I know someone who knows someone. And I have received an advanced copy of the book. And I read it in a few days. And it is so fucking great. If you are into the room, it's like, uh, you have, you can't, you should get this as soon as it comes out. It just, it's it's just got quotes, like Tommy quotes. You know, when you watch the room, you wish Tommy Wiseau would keep talking. And, um... And, uh, yeah, this, like, it's just, like, filled with, like, conversations between Greg Sestero and Tommy. And it's just, it's just what you would want it to be. And I can't talk too much about it because it's not out for a very long time. But it definitely satisfies any room fan and anyone, all the mysteries of Tommy. So, and some of the weird <laughs> conversations and things that are happening, it's like, you, you'd read it and you'd think, can, can he really be like this? But I, I auditioned for him a couple of years ago and I hung out with him for, before oh, the audition part. That. Just me and him were just sitting and talking for, like, 20 minutes. 
And uh, yeah, he is really like this, like the way he's described. I, I don't doubt any of this because I've experienced it. I've seen him in person and it's the best. So I'll remind everyone when it comes out, but you have to get, it's called The Disaster Artist and it'll be out <laughs> October 1st. And it's must reading, for, must read book for any uh, any fan of the room. So I don't know how it would read to someone who's not familiar with Tommy, but if you are, it's like porn. It's fucking great. Yeah, so, yeah. Familiarize yourself yes. with the movie first, and then try to delve into this. Yes, because yes, I've seen oh. it thirty-four times, and so is Stephanie about that. So yeah. <laughs> I've only seen it twenty-eight, important. but I will catch up one day. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, last during the week, uh, a listener on Twitter sent me a um, uh, a link um, saying she thought this was right up my alley because it mentioned Harry Potter and magic, and it Ooh. so was. But it was the Jezebel article about how there are hardly any female magicians, and that females mm. only <laughs> make up about like seven to eight percent of the magical uh, workforce it said in the article but um mm. yeah and it just seems like it's one of these because you know i was taking magic classes uh, last july and um and i've always been interested in magic my whole life and you know, I haven't had time to like practice, but I really wanted to like, you know, I wasn't looking for a career in magic when I took those classes, but you know, I just wanted to, <laughs> you know, get more magical education since I never got my Hogwarts letter. And, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and Prepare yeah, so I, uh, I, I, I prepare to be amazed was my slogan when I, I was a child magician. <laughs> and uh, I'm the magic <laughs> person. <laughs> prepare to be amazed. So, but I just thought it was interesting that, like, of all the, um, uh, you know, place different work areas of work where women have made great strides, the magical community is just like women aren't taken seriously. Like, if you saw a woman on stage with a with a man at a magic show, you would just assume that the the woman was the assistant. You wouldn't think she was the magician. It just seems like. like even as you know with a feminist mindset it's just like what a woman magician it just seems kind of what what would she wear you know what i mean how does she she assert mm -hmm. herself as someone who can be magical you know i picture her being an indigo <laughs> girls fan and wearing a top hat <laughs> as long as we have that picture well, i think the clothing is very prohibitive for women because uh you know men's you know suits they they're, they're part of the act you know without giving too much magical secrets away but uh you know they serve a purpose and if you're a woman wearing something you know fitted and nice you don't have as many as much uh, shall we say uh, magical prowess required for uh, performing your your act you know so uh yeah it's just a, an interesting thing that you know women are just kind of shut shut out of the there's no headlining female magician in Vegas at all so oh, that's interesting it was just kind of, yeah I was very shocked by this and it just made me I mean I'm delighted to be having a son but just made me think god no I really want a daughter and just like push her into magic and like make <laughs> her conquer the magical world <laughs> oh she would be she would probably just yeah gravitate towards it like you yeah yeah say, I would hope so yeah but um 
but uh, but also on the subject of uh, of, of women and, and doing things unexpectedly, there is a um, a Facebook page called I Fucking Love Science, and people, you know, I actually I, I thought I liked it already because I see stuff from it all the time, but I actually didn't. It was other people, you know, sharing and posting stuff from it, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's just like cool things that you know, scientific discoveries and you know, meme type things about science. But anyway, so the the person that runs it uh, started a Twitter account. And her picture, the picture was there and it was a woman and everyone was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're like a hot woman. It's just like the idea that a woman just, that was like doing the I fucking love science Facebook was a woman, like blew people's minds. And I was just like, damn, it's just another one of those things where you just assume. And I assume, I would assume there was a guy doing it too, you know? So Hmm. I was just like, thought that was really fascinating that, yeah, these women just, you know, being scientific and magical, it just... You know, it's kind of unusual. And then, oh, and there was this, there was a, uh, what magazine was it? Uh, yeah, Business Insider had the sexiest scientists alive. It's like they had to sexualize, like, science. It's just wow. a lot of weird shit going on right now. I know. That, yeah, yeah. So I just want um, to mention those few things. Well, with the American Jesus contest that we talked about last week where I was against Tony Jones, I completely destroyed Tony Jones. I got 84% of the vote. He got 16%. So that was nice. So I've been advancing, and now I'm in the very final round against some guy whose Facebook page has 20,000 fans, (laughs) and mine only has 4,000 for stuff Christian culture likes. But... We are, um, the last I saw the American Jesus website, this was just a couple hours ago, he said that 33,000 votes have come in and there's an 8% gap between me and this guy. So I'm, and I've been pushing, I'm like, I think this is a feminist issue at this point because, you know, let's overturn the patriarchy guy. (laughs) I was kind of playing that angle because it would be so great if, I don't know, I'm just tired of the boys winning all the church stuff. Yeah, so but we'll I don't know. It's happens. just like to me. It, I mean, I, 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 was, I was for it last week, and I, and I went and voted once, and then when I realized it was just this big ballot stuffing thing, it's a ballot I just kind stuffing of was thing. like, it's just like it's, who can make enough people keep clicking refresh and yeah. vote over and over again? So yeah, it's like I, I, I see what you're saying, but I'm just kind of like, it, it's not a, it's just a clicking competition. Yeah, it's a clicking <laughs> it competition. Prove anything. That's yeah, exactly so, it. Like there's no like yeah. principle of it. <laughs> Because the so, matchups don't that, even make sense. Like the U versus Tony Jones was like right on. This is a real yeah. thing to consider. <laughs> but then when they just kept advancing to people that didn't, you know, have any real conflict, I was There's like, no dog in that fight. And, and, and just I like, like who, this guy and, I'm against, you know. So, well, it seems like. Well, I looked at the person you were against in the last round, and she wasn't asking anyone to vote for her. So it was just sort of like, who's oh, asking yeah. people to vote for them more? So I was just like, oh, it yeah, kind she's of made me cool. sad because I thought it was. Yeah, she seemed cool. I, I have you read her book? Um, yeah, the, she she gave me it? the advanced copy where she um, the biblical year of womanhood year of biblical womanhood yeah. where she tried to do everything that they said to do and she like camped outside during her period and she called her husband yeah. master and he hated it you know. <laughs> so she's pretty awesome, yeah. but she's like been on the Today Show and stuff. Like she has this giant following, so I think it's kind of probably just like I want my little pirate ship to overturn these people who have book deals or something <laughs> so and even if I don't win coming with an 8% I guess is is good but yeah um, well I guess good luck in the clicking competition <laughs> I know it's all Watergate up in here <laughs> um okay so I have a new segment oh good <laughs> which 
I think you would like the title. Um, and it's just going to last until uh, until the end of June. But the new segment is called This Week in Handicapped Parking. <laughs> What's the sound effect going to be? I don't know. I'm really trying to figure out. I may re-record that segment intro if I can think of a better way to announce it. (laughs) So, if you missed uh, the episode last week, uh, from being pregnant, I have obtained a handicapped parking placard because I have trouble walking and stuff. And, you know, it's it's hard being a pregnant lady. So, um, but I try not to abuse it. So, but... um, I don't always have to take the handicap. Uh, the only benefit isn't the handicapped space. It's also that you can park in meters without paying. And if there's like a one hour time limit, for example, you can stay as long as you want. Like as wow. long as it doesn't become like a, like a tow away zone. Um, but yeah, say it's, you know, from, you know, eight till eight or whatever, it's metered. You can stay there from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and not pay and not have to move the car, even if it was like a one hour space. So it's pretty great. So so in the last week, I uh, I went to see a movie at the Arclight and we parked on the street at a meter for like two and a half hours and didn't pay and had no ticket when we came back. So that was Ooh. awesome. <laughs> Wow. And it's just funny because you feel like, yeah. And it's funny because you feel like, you know, like with that, it's like, I don't feel like I'm taking anything from a handicapped person. I'm just not paying a parking meter and I get to stay in one place, you know, because otherwise it was a one hour spot. So, so that was cool. And, um, oh, and then today, Oh yeah, and there was another spot I met someone for lunch. And last time I went to this place for lunch, I had to like rush out and like move the car or put more money in the meter. And this time I just sat there for an hour and a half in an hour space and just totally cruised through lunch. And um, and then today, but here's the opposite of it: is that today um, I went to get my lunch, um, the same place I went to get my lunch last Monday, and I did park in the handicapped spot because there were no other spaces. And there was a regular spot open, so I was like, okay, well I'll take that because it was right opposite where the handicapped spot was. But it's like such a crowded spot that I felt like oh now I'm making it hard for everybody else who's trying to park here should I have taken the handicap spot since I can take it and left this space for somebody else like I just can't win because now because I have this choice I can't just take it and enjoy it or not take it and not feel bad I just ah so yeah so that's the conundrum of having a handicapped placard I think right right yeah, yeah. But um, here's the other interesting thing I found about having the handicap placard is that um, I feel like I've got a little window. You know, like when you see rich people who like, you know, drive like assholes or get all easily frustrated and you're like, man, these people are so entitled, you know. Mm-hmm. And I found that having the placard, it's given me this slight sense of entitlement in terms of driving and stuff. Like, I feel like because I have that, like, wait, aren't people supposed to let me in in traffic? And shouldn't people do this like I, I'm suddenly yeah. starting to feel this entitlement like I'm supposed to get all these other benefits <laughs> that go outside the parking space and I have to catch myself it's like oh easy there you know nobody knows what's going on you don't need all this and you know you're not entitled to all that but it's just kind of interesting because it made me think about how I think everyone's entitled to a certain amount you know what I mean like everyone's got this level of entitlement that they're kind of like used to you know and then when you see people wanting more than that that's when you like stand back and go oh that person's so entitled yeah. you know 
And, uh, and, and this has just gave me like what it feels like to ha- suddenly add something onto that. And now I've got this extra entitlement, you know, that I that yeah. just kind of came to me suddenly. So I just thought it was interesting thinking about entitlement and how, how we come to that. So if somebody's richer than us and already gets a bunch of stuff, no wonder that they're entitled because they get that certain thing already the way we get yeah. simpler things, you know. So, so you kind of feel like you yeah. deserve it. And then you're mad when you don't get it. <laughs> exactly. It it's just what you're used to. So it's, you know, it's, it's almost making me be more forgiving towards it's people who already have more and feel entitled. It's because it's just what they used to. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I can see that. I wonder if a big chunk of my postpartum depression will be the day I have to give up my placard. Oh, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to go from having the pregnant belly and people going, oh, look at you. What are you do? You're beautiful, glowing, pregnant lady. And then, you know, you're like this postpartum mess that hasn't gotten any sleep and you're like, you know, no one calls you cute yeah. anymore. No, everyone just wants to see the baby. It's like you don't even exist. You're just this thing holding a baby. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Hopefully I'm, I'm as prepared as I can be Yeah. for that. Okay. Um, it won't last forever. <laughs> um, now, Greg pointed these out to me a couple of days ago, but... Um, so I guess this uh, he found this on Twitter because he's always looking for like fast food related <laughs> tweets that he can yes. retweet and make fun of. That's but, my um, favorite. <laughs> anyway, this lady uh, uh, posted a picture of uh, it's this is at an H Salt Fish and Chips in Oxnard that's closing, and she's like posted it. It says vintage decor, and it's just this old. Like framed picture of Ireland and like some of those, uh, uh, you know, those palm reading machines and like the grip test machines and a couple of crappy plastic fish that are like stuck on the wall. But she's like posted this yeah. as like vintage decor. Like, like this tragic historic building is being shut down. Oh, <laughs> and it was, wow. it's so there was that, and then he also found, um, Oh god, this makes me sad. Building with lengthy history in Montclair set to be demolished. And it's a Long John Silver that was built in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say they're calling that like historic or something? It says it says it's a building with a lengthy history. Oh god. <laughs> it's 30 fucking years old and it was a Long John oh. Silver. It's a chain of like fish and chips type stuff. uh, Any people outside of America, so but so it's like on the one hand with both of these things, I'm sort of glad. Like, oh, good, it's like you know, pig people like appreciating old things. It's just that they're not very good old things, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's not an old thing, and it's a long drawn silver. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but like you know they see my old things they just don't get them you know but it's it's i'm just confused about how i feel about them feeling this way about crappy things you know the europeans so. would would be laughing at them because oh, everything over there no. is actually really old <laughs> oh, no. okay well now to close us out uh, is this a new segment that you've I got is that what you want to be, call it i thought this could be could make a nice segment Dongs in the news. Because every so often yeah. one will make headlines. So um, I just read this one today. <laughs> this dong story is out of Florida, which is my least favorite state, my least favorite place in the world. I hate Florida. I think it's horrible, <laughs> a horrible state, evil, and weird things happen there. So it's fitting that this came from there. Orlando, Florida. 
A woman, described as an escort, has been charged with attempted murder for allegedly biting a man's penis and trying to gouge his eyes out after they got together for consensual sex. The man allegedly hired the escort for the evening after hooking up on Backpage.com. They had dinner at Applebee's (laughs) and then went to a hotel room at Crestwood Suites. They reportedly got high on pot, and the escort then allegedly took ecstasy. That's apparently when things really went off the rails. When deputies (laughs) arrived, they found the victim basically as a bloody mess with life-threatening injuries to his groin area and other parts of his body. The escort had blood around her mouth. The police report indicated that the victim had significant bites to his genital area, and he told police that he thought the woman was trying to eat his penis. Media accounts indicated that the suspect was snarling and growling at the deputies who responded to the hotel room. Officers also found a sex toy in the room that contained bite marks. <laughs> the suspect has been charged with attempted second-degree murder. So this, when they said man's penis, it reminded me of Neil Hamburger saying from the stage, and if any of you have any complaints about my act, please go into the men's room and speak your complaint into a man's penis. <laughs> one of the best things he ever said speak a complaint I would just picture it very casual like like almost like going into confession like this flaccid penis just there and just like well you see the thing is I really hate that whatever, whatever. you know just like I just, that's how I picture it, just this casual conversation into a flaccid penis I picture it being like one of those old fashioned telephones on the wall where you hold the one thing up to your ear and you talk into the other <laughs> I really didn't like that Neil Hamburger joke about the Jackson 5 being five fingers wrapped around a small boy's penis. I really didn't like that. Okay, thanks. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) So great. God damn. Well, on the subject of fucked up things in Florida, do you know about the Florida Man Twitter account? No. It's at underscore Florida Man. And it just, it's, and Grapes of Rat, I've been meaning to tell you guys about this if either of you are listening. But um, (laughs) yes, there is, because they always do great stories, reports from Florida. But Florida Man is, uh, yeah, do they just tweet links to fucked up stories that open with Florida Man does something. Florida Man does this. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a picture, is like a mugshot of some fucked up looking man who presumably is from (laughs) Florida. And the, 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 the little blurb underneath it says, Florida Man, real life stories of the world's worst superhero. <laughs> oh my god, why did I not know about this account? I can't wait to I've follow. only known about it for a few weeks. I'm sorry I took so long to tell you, but um, That's okay. <laughs> I can do the backlog. Let's, let's see. Let me just read a few for you. Florida Man arrested for threatening neighbor with machete. Says he was just trying just pruning palm tree. <laughs> No charges for Florida man who chased Jogger because she was pretty. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so it's just Florida. Oh, oh, oh! And this Florida woman! Oh. That's new. I just discovered this right now. So that's underscore Florida. No, Florida with a one. So somebody must have already had Florida woman. So underscore Florida with a one instead of an I, and then woman. And underscore Ooh. Florida man. These are yeah. I'm gonna start following Florida woman right now. So yeah, great That's Twitter be accounts. Even better. About fucked up things from Florida. 
Florida woman made up robbery in attempt to get day off work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Resourceful. Definitely. Cool. Well, on that note, listener, I think we'll wrap things up. So thank you all for listening. Visit dongtini.com for any supplementary material. Do click on uh, the Amazon link on our website uh, to uh, make any purchases and we get a kickback. And uh, that's about it. So until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone. Bye. Bye. Look out. Saturday night. Down. You can feel, you can feel 
This podcast operates independently in partnership with FeralAudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit FeralAudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.